I am Justin Boyd. I am George Luna. And I'm Brittany Pacheco, and we are the Watchers in the Basement. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Watchers in the Basement. We are here today to talk about Eternals, the movie that just recently dropped on uh, Disney+. Plus. It was in theaters in November, but it's on Disney+. Plus now. Uh, but before we get to that, I just want to thank everybody who's watching us uh, on YouTube. And for those of you who are listening to our podcast on podcast services like Spotify and Apple Podcasts, we appreciate that very much. Please like, subscribe, rate and review. Let us know what you think about it. That stuff all helps us very much. So thank you for that. Okay, so guys, let's get to it. Eternals. Uh, none of us saw the movie in the theater. I think Frank was the only one of us that actually saw the movie in the theater. He's not with us today, unfortunately. Um, so let's get to the facts. The movie was released in theaters on November 5th, 2021. It has a runtime of two hours and 36 minutes, which makes it one of the lo longer MCU movies. Um, that's not like a massive team up, although there are many characters in this movie. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, it had a box office of 401 million, which by MCU standards and superhero movie standards is not that great. Um, and I, I was doing a little bit of research and I was like, you know, cause Spider-Man just went over one, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home just went over 1.5 billion, right? Mm -hmm. So there are four movies, there are four MCU films in 2021. There was Spider-Man, there was Eternals, there was Shang-Chi, and there was Black Widow, which was kind of, you know, weird because it was also on Disney+. Plus. Mm -hmm. So those movies combined to make 1.2 billion, whereas Spider-Man by itself is past 1.5 billion. So, uh, Wow. Kind of shows you uh, that even the in a power pandemic. Power of Spider-Man. <laughs> power of Spider-Man. And by the way, with, with Spider-Man's success with No Way Home, Spider-Man is now the number three highest grossing franchise at the box office behind only the MCU itself and Star Wars. And Spider-Man oh, wow. is not far behind Star Wars. So, uh, you know, the next Spider-Man movie we see will definitely put Spider-Man past Star Wars, I believe. So. Um, yeah, the so more that's, you that's know, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, let's let's get back to the facts here. So, the movie was directed by Chloe Zhao, who uh, won an Academy Award for 2020's Nomad Land. Um, she won uh, the, the movie won Best Picture, she won Best Director. So, <laughs> coming off that, she went to an MCU film. And um, it's pretty impressive, know. honestly. I mean, yeah, like when you land someone like of that caliber now, you know, like you, you kind of don't really associate, you know, certain directors with like MCU products, if you will. Um, right. So that's pretty cool that, you know, she she took on the project of Eternals. And I mean, I'll, I'll share my thoughts shortly but you know that's that's actually just kind of cool in my opinion before i get into the cast let's just talk about what did y'all think overall about the film in general uh george what, what were your thoughts about eternals can y'all hear me yep we can I, hear you because my computer froze for a minute i, I wasn't sure i could hear all the of it i wasn't moving at all but, <laughs> you're good yeah overall i don't know why this movie was like such a like it got such low ratings you know uh honestly the only thing that i didn't like about the movie is that it was very very long like it didn't have i think it could have been a lot shorter two hours it should it should have been okay and it but it wasn't bad honestly i like, I like the characters i like learning about the celestials i like learning about how the mcu or this stuff was created and I'm just curious to see what they're going to do in the future. And like, cause I, are the Eternals going to come back? as like, uh, another movie or something. Are they going to show up in some other movies? Like that, that's what I want to find out. And yeah. I'm excited to see that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Brittany, what do you think overall about the movie? I enjoyed the movie. Um, I know that there were, a lot of people who in general just had mixed reviews on it. I know it had very low ratings with like Rotten Tomatoes and like other um, 
movie review sites and that kind of thing. And not that I put a whole lot of stock in Rotten Tomatoes and things like that, but usually they're pretty, they're pretty on par with like, you know, ratings. Right. Mm -hmm. But I really enjoyed the movie. I thought the story was very interesting because obviously it's the first time that we're learning about the Eternals. So you have to establish foundation. You have to establish you know, who they are and, you know, their, their mission purpose, whatever you want to call that. And then you kind of can go into the meat of it with, you know, uh, the rest of the, of the movie. And for me personally, it didn't feel like two and a half hours because I think the pacing of the movie I thought was well done, you know, cer certain movies, <coughs> Snyder cut, um, had like just too much, um, you know, just too much. Like it dragged out certain scenes. It, you know, just they had way too much info that just wasn't necessary. Where I feel with Eternals, it was a decent amount of information told in like a, you know, like a short window of like a scene. And it just kept the movie going. Like that's just, you know, how I feel about it. But I, I actually really enjoyed this movie. Um, when we start getting into the mid and post credits, like, I nearly like lost my shit on on some of that stuff, but um, we'll save that, you know, towards the end of this. So, but yeah, I, I Justin, I, I really did enjoy this movie. I I don't know what more I can say about that. What, what were your thoughts on this movie? Yeah, I liked it. I liked it more than I thought I was going to because of like we've already said about how it, it kind of had bad reviews and it wasn't, you know, is perceived as like one of the Marvel's only failures. I don't think it's a failure. I liked it. I think the movie's too long. I think it's a little bit too long. Like maybe 20 minutes you cut out of there. Um, I think that's because there's so many characters. There's too many characters. I think there's too many turtles. There's, there's 10 of them. Um, it's, it's just to me, their powers and we'll talk about this in a second, Brittany, but they're not, their powers are not well-defined to me besides Icarus, you know, like uh, they're kind of samey or, or you're not really clear what their powers are. They all kind of just move their hands and they have these like yellow, beams yeah. or whatever um cosmic but, energy right but having said that i did enjoy the movie um and you know like i said we'll, we'll get into like specific reasons for that but just overall i liked it way more than i expected and i'm interested to see where these characters go because you know as we talked about the movie hints at a sequel or it definitely hints at these characters continuing in other movies which i think that's actually what's going to happen or mm -hmm. in the series you know mm -hmm. So um, let's go, let's talk about the cast. And, and Brittany, if you, you want to help me out with this, I know you want to talk about like each character's power and maybe you could, maybe you could help define it. Cause I said, I was having trouble with it. So I'm going to mention the actor and the character they play. And then you, you tell the audience what that person's power was. Okay. All right, guys, we're going to do Sorry. it. Visual. Sirens are on my end. I live next to a fire station. So that's, that's my bad. Okay. We're first good. off, Jimma uh, Chan, she plays Cersei. So tell me what, okay. what, what Cersei's powers. Okay, so uh, I, so first of all, uh, Gemma Chan, like you said, Cersei's power, who plays Cersei, she has the ability to manipulate matter. So changing the makeup of like any non-sentient material she touches. So like she can't, she can't transform humans, you know, much to Dane's dismay. He wanted to be a, a giraffe, you know, growing up, mm -hmm. right? So, um, which I thought was really cute. But she lives amongst the humans, you know, she has connected with the humans, you know, throughout her time um, on on Earth. And she, uh, I don't know, she's just a very kind hearted individual, which I think uh, is is a great balance to, you know, the some semi evil things that we see here. And first off, I do want to mention, I love the casting because we have a, like a good blend of, uh, you know, male, female ratio, diversity, inclusion. And, and I'll get to that as we talk about each character. But I also want to mention that there's very, very much similarities between Eternals and then like Avengers and even those of like Greek mythology. So I just kind of want to mention that because I think it's just like fun little tidbit. So Cersei is like the eternal version of Wanda Maximoff. You know, we see that Wanda can, you know, manipulate, uh, matter objects you know things like that so they're both equally powerful of course and then in terms of greek mythology cersei is cersei <laughs> um right. who was a sorceress um who turned people into animals which i thought that was a great nod 
again, going back to Dane asking about being turned into a giraffe. So that's who uh, Cersei is in terms of Eternals. Okay. George, what did you think about this character? Uh, she was cool. Yeah. Uh, the, what caught my attention is like when she turned that one deviant into a tree, like what's, what was, what's this? Like she has a deeper power and we just, cause we saw that she put the celestial to sleep, but I didn't really still under, I didn't understand that power. Like what, what, what can she do? So she can control people or like sentient things. Well, non-sentient would be, you know, um, I guess celestials. Be well, and she didn't really put him to the celestial to sleep. She kind of like killed him, <laughs> turned him into marble, I guess you could mm. say. Whatever, you know, was generating out of her hands. Um, I, I think mean, once she was alive. Right. He was attacking her like she and she turned him into a fucking tree. So. Right. So I think she probably started possessing powers of like the prime eternal because think about Ajax. Ajax was the prime eternal first and then she uh, transferred her sphere, the little sphere mm -hmm. thing that she can talk to the the big the big red dude, um, Erisham. These names are difficult as hell, y'all. So ignore me if no. I mispronounce. Uh, but I think when she, when Cersei possessed that new sphere, it's like, she kind of gets like a, a wealth of more power enhancement for her okay. powers. Maybe that's why she was able to, you know, do what she did to the deviant. Gotcha. All right. Okay. So from Cersei, we go to, uh, next member of the cast, Richard Madden, who plays mm. Icarus. I think it's interesting that Richard Madden, after I say Cersei, we say Richard Madden, obviously looks there like are a lot of Game of Thrones connections. What's that? He looks like Homelander in that picture. <laughs> it does. Yeah, you're right. And and like Homelander, spoiler alert, he is an evil Superman. Which, oh, yeah. by the way, before I saw this movie, when I heard about the cast and heard about kind of who they were playing, I made two predictions, right? And I got both of okay. them right. Let me, let me explain the predictions. I predicted that when I heard about Icarus being a Superman, I was like, well, for sure he's going to be evil Superman at some point because <laughs> every version of Superman that's on film really now and uh, you know since like the 80s whenever they have a chance to turn superman evil they've got to do it and so they did yeah. it once again we've had it with superman in the in the 80s we had superman obviously the snyder cut we had uh homelander we had invincibles uh what's the name of that character the dad of invincible omni-man Omni yeah omni-man yeah omni-man so the evil superman uh trope uh, came into play. So I got that one right. <laughs> My second one was when I heard that um, that Selma Hayek and Angelina Jolie were both cast in the movie. Hmm. I thought, okay, there's no way, like one of these characters is going to die in the beginning or something. There's no way both these characters <laughs> are going to movie. Now, okay. Yeah. I, I would have, I got that part right, but yeah. I would have bet it would have been Angelina Jolie dying. Hmm. Obviously it's Selma Hayek's character, Ajax that dies. And yeah. But because of all the all the flashbacks, Ajax was still in the movie quite a bit. So it wasn't like she wasn't in the movie. So yeah. you know, yeah. that prediction was kind of like half and well, half. So. That's that's what surprised me. And that's what I like about the movie is that the trailer like fucks with you because it was nothing like the trailer. Like you yeah. assume that like uh, some highest character Ajax was going to tell them like, oh, this is happening, such and such. Mm -hmm. And they're going to go and try and save it. But that, that's right. not what ended up happening. I was like, oh, damn. Like, there was betrayal all over the shit. I was like, that's sick. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I really like that. For sure. So I thought Richard Madden was awesome in this movie. I, I Like, mm -hmm. I think, I don't understand why he's not more stuff. I don't, like, he was great in Game of Thrones. Like, I, I don't get it why he's not, like, a bigger star. Because he, yeah. he pulled it off very well. And I'm like, I mean, like, why couldn't he be Superman? <laughs> like, I mean, he, why couldn't he be daddy? daddy? Sorry. <laughs> like, like, like oh I know God. he's not like big and jacked up as Henry Cavill, but he's such a better actor. You know what I mean? Like, he's, it's... A, he's great. Um, sorry to interrupt you, Justin, but I, yeah. I do want to mention that, like, on the Netflix show, The Bodyguard, he was fantastic. Which in that I have on show. my list. I haven't watched it, but I, mm -hmm. I need to watch that. I, I would love your thoughts on that show once you do watch it. It's only one season, yeah. but he, I think he portrays like a someone who's in power very well, you know, cause in, in game of Thrones, obviously as, as a Stark, he uh, became King in the North. And, and I think he just kind of gives off that, that vibe like that, not like 
it, it, not in, in Game of Thrones, like a pompous, arrogant, you know, SOB, but like he just kind of carries himself as someone who is regal. If you, as, as I said, he has a regal quality to him. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very, it's very apparent. I don't know. It's uh, yeah. So, so, so let me tell uh, you all about Icarus. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you about, tell, tell us about the powers and then tell us what you thought about him in the movie. And then we'll, we'll let George talk about it a little bit. So next to Ajak, who we'll talk about um, shortly, uh, he's basically like the other leader of the Eternals and he has the ability to fly. He can shoot beams out of his eyes. Thus what we talk about with, you know, the, the Superman kind of quality, here we no, go. Look um, at Homelander. Look at Homelander. I know. Look at Homelander, right? Yeah. So he can shoot beams of cosmic energy. So basically the Eternals, like their powers, everything, everything is wielded by cosmic energy. So, um, and he also has a romance with Cersei. You know, he he loves Cersei from the moment, I guess, that they first met and that you saw in the very beginning of the movie. And, and you see... I, I, you know, I, I didn't mind the back and forth of, you know, present day versus, you know, 5000 BC Mesopotamia kind of thing, because um, they obviously have lived for 7000 years and traveled all over the world and what have you. But like, I, I like the dynamic of seeing their, their love from, you know, that point, right? And you think you're rooting for them, right? You want them to be together, but they're not. And, you know, he ends up kind of turning on the Eternals. Um, in reference to who their Avenger and their Greek, you know, counterpart would be, in terms of Avengers, he is like the eternal version of Vision. Uh, being able to fly, having, you know, the laser type vision, you know, uh, or beams, whatever you want to call that. Um, is he as intelligent as Vision? Not sure. But that's kind of like the the parallel we see with with that. And then Icarus is obviously known in Greek mythology. Icarus wasn't a god. Um, I think he was just a human in Greek mythology, but Icarus um, flew too close to the sun. I, uh, his chariot. I told yeah. Anna, I was like, watch, this dude's going to kill himself. And she's yeah. like, don't say that. I was like, yeah. and then he flies to the sun. I was like, fucking exactly. Very I mean, on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> very much so. You, you're going to cast someone or cast a character named Icarus. Like, you better, like, poetically have him die the way that, you know, Icarus did in Greek mythology. So I thought that was a uh, really fun, um, not fun, haha, but le- or like, no, that was know, great. That was <laughs> I'm sure it was just like the bell with mm-hmm. Game of Thrones anyway. Yes. <laughs> but um, God, that's always going to be so funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's pretty much who Icarus is. I kind of figured early on that he was either going to do like a complete heel turn or, I don't know, especially when when he learned that Cersei was the one who gained the sphere after having found Ajax dead. Um, I I figured that that was the point where he would be like kind of pissed off and be like, well, I should have been the next leader, you know. So that is Icarus. What are y'all's thoughts on Icarus? Go ahead, George. Uh, I think he he did a good job of me like hating him like uh, as, as like like a character because at, at the end I, I didn't see it coming I personally I, I was like oh, okay this guy's just like he's gonna do whatever to try and help them out or whatever but nope it took a <laughs> left turn and I was like wow okay so I mean Richman did great on this character because I like I really was starting to get annoyed by this guy <laughs> and a lot of the characters annoyed me honestly. Uh, Kamal's character, like I, I forgot his name. Kingo. No, oh, Kingo. Kingo. We'll talk about him soon. We'll talk him. about him soon. And Sprite annoyed me too. Like all the betrayals, that that it just caught me off guard. I really enjoyed that in this movie because that that rarely happens in like yeah in Marvel movies like this. Like betrayals, like yeah. that many betrayals in a movie. So yeah. I, I enjoyed this character. Mm-hmm. Justin. Yeah, I, I thought he I thought he was great. As I said before. Um, and, you know, like, even though it was a heel turn, like, he he wasn't, like, totally evil, you know, because even, like, the death of uh, Ajax, which he set up, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't, after it happens, you see him react, and he, like, fires the, mm-hmm. the you know, the energy beams or whatever, and mm-hmm. burns, you know, that place around her house or whatever, mm-hmm. and, 
Um, I, I think that he was just, he was all about Arisham's plan. You know, he mm. was like, yeah, like they were, He's they were on this mission. Yeah. He was there for that mission and that was it. There was nothing else. And, um, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like that part of it, it but, uh, cause it wasn't like he, I don't think he was like power hungry so much. He just wanted them to, to stay the course and, you know, not, not, you know, deviate from uh, the, the plan. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I thought he did a great job. Well, and, and kind of going back uh, to the very beginning of the movie is that we got the breakdown of, you know, this, who these Eternals are, you know, the, the creation of the celestials and then, you have the deviants who came in that were like destroying intelligent life and thus the the necessity for the eternals to come and eliminate the deviants and all that was you know fine up until the prime eternal ajak changed everything because she you know she, it was like this is enough like we we need to stop right. doing this we need to stop uh the the birth of like celestials because she had said at one point and let's just go ahead and move into talking about ajak um she had said at one point about there's something special about this planet and erishim had said to her like don't get attached to this planet like this is this is part of the plan like this needs to happen so moving forward and talking about ajak um this is actually a gender swapped leader because in the comics uh, ajak is a man so again, like the idea that there were so many females cast um, in, in more of these leadership type roles, I thought was really cool because of the fact that you don't see that, you know, too often with, you know, superheroes. So Ajak is, as I said, the leader of the group. She exhibits like healing type powers uh, on herself, on others, what have you. And she's kind of like the eternal version of the ancient one that we've seen from, you know, Doctor Strange. She's extremely powerful she's extremely kind-hearted nurturing that kind of thing and and um that is basically who she is <laughs> mm-hmm. so um i love the casting of selma hayek she looks bloody fantastic being as old as she is i'll just say it she's hot she's hot yeah, yeah i'm a big fan of selma hayek this was a <laughs> my favorite <laughs> casting when i heard about this yeah. Uh, I think she did a, a good job with the character. She was kind of like the the mother of the group, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she mm-hmm. was in charge of them. For sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I only, I, I kind of wish she was still. Like I said, my my favorite characters in the movie, they were both killed. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, anyway, George, what did you think about Selma? No, she, Selma Hayek did great in this movie. Definitely like the motherly figure of all of them, and. Like mm-hmm. always had a plan for everything and let them go and live their own lives. And she wanted them to try and be better people, but they didn't work for all of them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And I think the fact that like, because she knew that she didn't want to continue Arishim's plan. It's like, I'm just going to let the Eternals go and let them live their lives. I mean, they're immortal, right? They're going to live for you know time and all eternity. So like, you know, build your lives, you know, build those memories and just, you know, just live, you know, mm-hmm. let's not live for this purpose anymore. Let's just live, which, you know, that's, that's a huge sacrifice, you know, because of who they are and what their purpose is, what we come to learn their purpose is. And um, I think, again, they did a really great job with casting. And so I feel like with Selma, perfect, you know, motherly type individual. Mm-hmm. So um moving on to <laughs> george's one of george's like most annoying uh characters is mm-hmm. nope that's right well we can talk about right that's fine we can talk yeah about I, I totally agree with him by the way this is my least <laughs> favorite character yeah, yeah, she me yeah so sprite um she is another gender swapped uh character from the comics uh sprite was a male in the comics but in in this adaptation she is a young uh female character was sprite like a kid in the comic books too or or no i believe so i think sprite was like just the youngest uh, youngest quote unquote you know looking 
eternal um out of all of them i mean they're all like the same age right yeah but for whatever reason because even in the movie sprite questions you know why why would erishim make her you know yeah it's kind of weird it is really weird i i didn't understand like the purpose behind that and i you know i wish we had frank here he could probably you know elaborate more on this yeah. but um sprite is she plays tricks and mm -hmm. projects illusions. Who do we know in the Avengers universe Loki. does the same thing? Exactly. Loki. So um, she's like the eternal version of Loki in, in terms of Greek mythology. She's um, named after a water spirit, um, Sprite. And water named after a soda. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Um, but no. Uh, Originally it was uh, seven up in the comment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, water spirits would project, you know, illusions and, and play tricks, but also, um, they would, uh, they were creative individuals. So like, I think they tried to adapt her, this creativity into the storytelling that Sprite would do, you know, with her cosmic illusions. Um, I wasn't a fan of her. I, I just, it was kind of like, oh, you're just that annoying, annoying teenager. That's mm -hmm. like, you know, that's fine. and I have. I have personal feelings about that, <laughs> but, um, you know, just like, like I want what I want. And you're not, you know, and I love someone who doesn't love me, you know, just like, Oh, yeah. that's so annoying. that um, love triangle between Sprite and uh, Icarus and, um, and Cersei, Cersei is so weird because she's a kid, you know, like, I mean, I, now granted she's seven thousand years, but she looks like a kid. Yeah. And it was just, you know, on top of another love triangle in the movie, it just, I don't think it was needed. And then like, you know, talk about turning heels. She turns heel at the end. Yeah. And it's, and then like, she gets away with it. It's okay. That's, yeah, I think that's, yeah, that was wild. That annoyed me so much because she, you know, literally stabs Cersei in the back. Right. And complains about, you know, I want to know what it's like to, you know, grow older and, and get and fall in love and, you know, have a family. And I'm like, okay and then cersei you know be again being the kind-hearted person that she is it's like i'm kind of pulling from the screen rant justin that you sent um about like oh i still have this like amazing cosmic power and you know sprite if you want to be mortal i'll make you mortal mortal and it's like how the hell do you know how to do that <laughs> you know yeah. yeah that's yeah and why like why would you do that when this person tried to kill you i don't know it just that, that well i mean making her mortal makes it where she will die eventually true so, i mean there is that you know true but it's like but it's like it's still rewarding for bad behavior and that's what i have i draw issue with you know it's it's ugh, so dumb that that was like one of the dumber things in this movie that i did not appreciate but anyway um let's see while we are here let's talk about kingo Kingo, Kingo, <laughs> George. Uh, I know. Not I your thought favorite. he was funny. I thought he was funny. He was funny. I did too. He was I did too. But he so, was mad annoying towards end. Yeah. Well, that yeah, that part. Yeah, that that yeah. yes, that did get annoying. So uh, with Kingo, he can shoot beams out of his hands again with that same cosmic energy, and he moved on to being a Bollywood movie star. Mm -hmm. Go on with your bad self. I love the valet that he had. Um, he was on the Hulu show uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral uh, as the father oh, of one wow. of the main characters. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah he was one of the, the uh, main character's fathers. I think he's just adorable. Uh, his name is Harish Patel. Um, he is, like I said, you know, Kingo's valet slash cameraman because Kingo decides, oh, the band's getting back together. Let's document this because the end of the world is near. That makes a lot of sense, right? <laughs> Um, so in terms of, you know, Avenger, you know, parallel, he's more like Volstagg. Volstagg is a kind of a lighthearted, lesser known, um, character. He, I think he's more in Thor's realm, you know, like the guy that just wants to have a good time, wants to drink, you know, party, whatever. But if you look at, at the Hollywood or Bollywood side of things, he's almost like Tre Trevor Slattery because in the Bollywood movie that he's doing, it's that of Icarus, right? He's portraying Icarus and Trevor Slattery adapts, yeah, adopts the name of the Mandarin and plays this role. And I don't know. I think it was just kind of cute how drawing those parallels. Um, 
what bothered me much like what y'all would probably agree with was how Kingo agrees with Icarus that the emergence needs to happen. Like if this is our purpose, we need to like fulfill that purpose. But he also wasn't going to fight the rest of the Eternals who felt differently. So, so, and he's like, I'm just not going to fight at all. Like, I'm just going to walk away. And I'm like, you coward. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know? I think yeah, well, he, of any of the Eternals, I think he's the one who wanted to be mortal the most because he had, you know, he had this other life that he was living. So it's like yeah. that maybe they should have used that on him because it was kind of, I mean, he just like, he avoids the big fight at the end. Yeah. He just yeah. takes the pass. He's like, nah, I'm out of here. And then you don't, I mean, you do see him at the end, but I mean, obviously when he is fighting, as you can see this picture, he, you know, he's doing pretty well, you know? So yeah, he's a powerful character and for him to just like take, you know, to, to say, no, I'm, I'm good and leave was no. strange to me. I was hoping that he would kind of have like a redemption arc where like, yes, he said he wasn't going to fight, you know, Icarus nor the, the rest of the Eternals, but I really thought that he would like show up where all this final battle was going on and, and, you know, just kind of take a stand and be like, damn it. You know, this, this is what I, I I'm here for. Like I'm here to support, but yeah, that, that kind of bothered me, but he definitely was the comedic relief in, in this whole movie um, between him and, and uh, the valet. I thought they were just so funny because as many cameras were being destroyed, they, yeah. he kept coming up with more, which I thought that was, that was pretty funny. So our next person to talk about didn't have like a huge, huge role. He Gilgamesh is the only other eternal that, you know, died in this movie after Ajax. Um, this is Don Lee, the actor who uh, portrayed Gilgamesh. Uh, this was his first American movie, which I thought was really interesting. Really mm -hmm. cool. Uh, he's the eternal version of Thor. You know, he's strong. Um, other similarities could be that of like, Hercules, Beowulf, that kind of thing. Um, but he's also very kind because he becomes Athena's uh, de facto partner once, you know, uh, Ajax said to everyone, okay, go go uh, your separate ways and, you know, live life or whatever. And we'll get to Athena and why, you know, he joined Athena as her de facto partner. But um, yeah, he didn't have like a whole lot going on storyline wise. Um, I love the part where they're in Babylon and they're fighting the deviant at the gates of Babylon. And he literally like bitch slaps the deviant, you know, into the gate, which I, th I busted out laughing, you know, cause I'm like, yeah, you know, you, you tell him, you know, you do that. Um, I wish we kind of got more out of, out of Gilgamesh. Cause I thought he was, I thought he was cute. I don't know. I just thought he was cute, a uh, cute character. Um, what, where are y'all's thoughts on Gilgamesh? You know, because he was saddled with Angelina Jolie, and I'm not a big Angelina Jolie fan. I, <laughs> I didn't care. I mean, I thought I thought the part where he was like the, you know, he was fixing food, and he was like the cook for the group. I thought that was kind of a cool part mm -hmm. of it. But again, like his power, like he he was just really strong. Like it was just kind of it wasn't well defined in my in my mind. Yeah, I get yeah. that. He was all right. I can't say much. He was in the movie a lot. So. Exactly, exactly. I, I did feel um, to to actually, you know, of course, see him being killed by the deviant. His powers, you know, taken from him, and and it thus strengthens the deviant. Um, you know, it was it it was kind of sad to watch. You know, like the the color change of his little body and you know, what have you. I thought that was, um, I thought that was kind of interesting just to see that play out, but moving on to uh, Athena because he's kind of partnered with, with her there. Um, Angelina Jolie, as we know, Athena is um, a warrior. She's the goddess of war, if you will. And she also suffers from like memory loss, kind of similar to dementia, but in the movie they call it um, mad uh, Mad Weary, and it's right. supposed to be like a legend or myth or whatever about I don't know memory, but basically what we when we learned that the Eternals have been 
you know, doing this whole emergence thing for millions of years, their memories are wiped after every emergence. And with Thena, something happened. She has like a fractured memory. And so she's, you know, remembering different times and having a difficult time knowing, you know, what timeline she's in, I guess you could say, and mm -hmm. causes her to fight her fellow Eternals. Um, she's kind of similar to that of Sif, you know, from Thor, the Dora Milaje, of course. And then, of course, the Greek goddess herself, Athena, who is the patron um, goddess of Athens. So it bothered her, obviously, that people would call her Athena versus Thena. I thought that was just a strange name, just in general. Um, I thought it was kind of cool how uh, her weapons, like, you know, again, with this cosmic energy, the look of it to me just looked really, really ornate and just really beautiful. Um, she kind of seemed like a badass, you know, when fighting uh, the deviants and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge Angelina Jolie fan either. Um, I think I read somewhere that she thought that the part was going to be a lot smaller than what it ended up being because she was on screen like quite a bit. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was surprised by that, honestly. Yeah. What do y'all think about uh, uh, her character? And then the fact that they brought in this whole like memory loss kind of thing, like what, you know, did, did her storyline kind of like play out well? Anyone. Yeah. Go for it, George. Go for it. I, I, I think her storyline played out fine. Like she got redemption for the deviant that killed the uh, Gilgamesh. Or mm -hmm. was that his name? Yes. Yeah. So she got her redemption arc. Like her character, she seemed to be more in control of the 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 weary thing. And I mean, she was badass. Like her, the fight scenes that she had with her, like with the deviants and stuff like that, were pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Other than that, yeah, I, I didn't, didn't really care for the character as much, but I didn't mind it. Yeah, Justin. Yeah, the fight scenes, I like the fight scenes a lot, um, but I think the character could have been edited down. This is one of the one of the characters where we could have, you know, less would have been more maybe, <laughs> considering how powerful she was, and just save her for the fights. And there was, you know, um, yeah, I think less is more with this character. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. So with Druig, um, I thought it was interesting uh, with his character because you almost think that maybe he's the one that you want to deem as like the true villain in this whole series or series yeah. uh, movie. And it, you, but truthfully, you just don't know if he's friend or foe. Um, his powers are to manipulate the mind, right? And he's, like I said, he, he is very powerful. You just don't know whether to trust him or not, let's say. He's very similar to Mordo, who is in Doctor Strange, and Kaecilius. You know, they both wield these sorcerer-like, you know, powers. And Mordo is under the impression of this is, you know, for the betterment of whatever. Kaecilius wants to use it for, you know, selfish reasons. And so he's kind of like a blend between the two. You know, he starts off thinking, again, this mission is like for the greater good, if you will. Learns that. It really isn't. And he just wants to go his own way. Um, but he's also similar to that of one of being able to manipulate minds. Right. So um, I kind of didn't like him. <laughs> Obviously, he kind of annoyed me, too. But I wanted to ask you all, like, what the hell was it with him and Makari? Like, are they like a thing? Because yeah. we see that with the Eternals, like there's like you know, love triangles and, you know, squares and shit like there's that. Like, there's definitely a connection between the, both of them. And you saw yeah. it like way back since like the, the 7,000 years ago, or however long, mm -hmm. whenever they're doing stuff, like you can see there was a connection between them too. Right. But I, I didn't yeah. mind this character. Like I, I thought he was interesting, like what he could do and stuff like that. And he did seem to care about humans, but I, in the trailer, it did seem like he was going to be the bad guy or like be the one that mm -hmm. turned was completely wrong. So that, right. this, he, it seemed like he actually cared about humanity. Yeah, and, and that was curious because the fact that, like, you know, one side of the coin of, you know, humanity with Druig and then the other side would be fast, uh, Fastos, which I'll get to shortly. With Druig, it was like, you know, if I am able to control their minds, I take away their their freedom and their agency to to 
progress. You know, war would be stopped and this and that, what have you. But it's like, but that's where I draw issue because it's like, well, then, you know, you're not helping them if you're making them do whatever it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. His 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 dynamic is just really strange to me. Um, Justin. Drew. Yeah, I, I agree with George. I thought he was going to be kind of a villain, kind of a character that the actor kind of has uh, villain like features. Um, his name is is Barry Keoghan. I think is how you pronounce his name. Keegan? And say it again. Keegan, I have no idea. Maybe so. He's English. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's English. Um, I think he's I know actually he Irish. In... I'm sorry. Yeah, he's Irish, but I think he uh, he was in Dunkirk. And he's we'll... in Dunkirk. Yeah. <laughs> Put a pin in that. <laughs> he's. He's actually he's going to be in the Batman that movie, oh, and there's rumor he's he's listed as playing a certain character, which no one really knows who that is. But he's rumored to be playing a much bigger character, so don't be surprised if he's the Riddler. He's in a uh, no different character, another another villain. Okay, big villain anyway. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, I again I just this movie's just loaded with characters. There's just too mm-hmm. many of them, and I just too many. It, too, there's too many yeah. and we're not and done we, no we're not. we're not and like like i said he, he had he was very powerful like he was almost like an x-men kind of character or something yeah. with mind control so anyway pretty let's yeah, keep it rolling could, and go to the next character definitely could be like professor x yeah. um so fastest like i said the other side of that coin of of the the humanity for humans right fastest is um someone who's incredibly intelligent he's very tech savvy um he helped nudged humanity um moving forward with technology and in um kind of just staying in the shadows you know because he's influencing that that tech savviness um this is also an mcu first with an openly gay uh married couple that have a child together Mm -hmm. and you know because of what he saw with his destruction in hiroshima with you know the the bomb you know he said that this humans are not worth it. They're not worth it anymore. And he's like, I'm gonna stay out of it. So he's moved on obviously with his life and, you know, he doesn't want to take part in the Eternals, you know, new, new mission at this point, but his husband, you know, convinces him like, let's give our child a world where he could, you know, grow up and, and what have you. So I liked him. I really liked Fastos. I thought he had great, you know, comedy as well. Um, he's very similar to uh, that of Tony Stark. Obviously, Tony Stark, brilliant mind. Um, he, uh, again, comedic timing. Um, also kind of similar to Heimdall because only fastest can wield certain special instruments like Heimdall with you know the Bifrost or whatever. And then in Greek mythology, he's very close to Hephaestus, uh, Hephaestus who is the blacksmith and, you know, the... Uh, the God that just like makes shit, you know, obviously. So, um, and I really like the casting of Brian, uh, Tyree Henry. I think, I think he was brilliant. Um, and I liked kind of like his redemption sort of story. You know, he, he thought he was doing good and then didn't like what was happening with his technology. And then he's going to come back. And then like, this is the other thing I really enjoyed with the Eternals was that, they all kind of had some sort of beef with one another, particularly with Icarus. You know, they all kind of wanted a piece of him. You know, Thena said she's always wanted to fight him. Festus wanted to, you know, take Icarus down for some reason. So there was like that that internal struggle amongst each other, which I thought was really cool because that's very relatable, obviously, um, amongst families, amongst, you know, coworkers and things like that. Um, what did y'all think of Festus? I... Think he was great. I love the that he was responsible. It was just so much technology, and he definitely had his redemption, trying to like maybe creating some technology that shouldn't have been created, and like put it in our hands. And uh, yeah. towards the end, trying to save us, everybody, mm-hmm. uh, including that that he, he learned about love and had his own kid, and he wanted to protect them. Um, yeah. But also, like that, seeing uh, this guy Brian on a like on an MCU movie, like on a Marvel movie is awesome because they all started on the show Atlanta and to see like what they're getting into now because of that show, mm-hmm. it's, it's so cool to see. Like you saw uh, Zaza Vitsa is, uh, was on Deadpool. Like I love that they're mm-hmm. getting all these opportunities to be in bigger uh, 
roles like this. It's pretty awesome to see. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Justin. I like the character, um, but it is weird how, like, they said, okay, Eternals don't get involved in human affairs, but then mm. why create <laughs> technology for humans to, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if you're not going to get involved when Thanos, you know, wipes That's out true. half the population, then why give people the ability to create weapons that can wipe out large, you know, large numbers of the population? Yeah. That was just one of the things I thought was kind of odd about the movie, but I like the character. I think he was, you know, it was a good good addition to the cast. And like you said, the cast was was very like well rounded. It is a diverse mm-hmm. cast. There's just too many people. <laughs> I have a question for you now, now that you said that about Thanos. If if the Celestials knew about Thanos, like and his plan to eliminate half of all life, wouldn't you think they want to murder this guy right away? You you think so, but then uh, it, jumping to the the mid credit scene, it's like mm, that person that popped up. It's like, how come you didn't do anything? Um, you know, because that person has a close relation to to Thanos. Yeah. So you know, I don't know. I, I hope we'll get an explanation out of that because that question is posed um, by Dane to Cersei about like, why didn't you do this? And it's like, oh, we're not supposed to interfere with human, you know, yeah, blah, that, blah, that blah. Makes that, that makes no sense. Like that there's for me, unless y'all point them out, I don't see very many holes in this movie, but that is one of the, the bigger That's ones. A big, that was a big that one. Is, right that is the big one. Right. So yeah, we're almost done with characters guys. And then we'll move on to um, other stuff. Um, Makari. Makari is actually another first for the MCU. She's the first deaf superhero. And she is very, very fast, super speed, very similar to that of like Quicksilver. And uh, another gender swapped uh, character from the comics. Comics, you know, Makari is a male, you're female. But I like the fact that they incorporated again another first, you know, with a, a deaf person and we'll also see another deaf uh actor being cast in hawkeye and we'll talk about hawkeye in future probably just justin myself but um we didn't see a whole lot of her either she's very similar to that of the god mercury mercury is the god of speed and also god of thieves because when she's in the dono domo do what's it called the ship what's the Uh, ship domo I think it's a domo. domo. I said yeah. domo, like an idiot. Uh, and when she's in the domo, and they come, they all come and find her in the do- uh, domo. She's like surrounded by shit, you know, um, Excalibur and Twinkies and like this emerald. I don't know what it was. Um, I'm I'm feeling those are a bunch of like you know little hints for future um, productions. But yeah, she she takes shit apparently. So I'm like, okay, cool, go on with your bad self. You're fast. No one can stop you. Um, but yeah, I think I, I liked her character. I liked the little kind of little romance that she has like with Druig, if mm-hmm. you can call it a romance. Definitely cute little flirtatious moments. But yeah, um, she's one that obviously fights with the Eternals. So, you know, that's cool. Thoughts? I like this version of the Flash. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say, a female yeah. Flash, basically. That's, mm-hmm. Exactly. That's all. Exactly. Exactly. All right. And I think think oh we've already talked about kieran uh-huh. you know he's the valet i loved him i think he's so cute he's so i like how he talks because when he talks he actually does like the little bobblehead thing you know it's yeah. I don't know, it's, it's very you know custom for um uh the the indian culture and i don't know he's just so cute i i like his addition to uh-huh. to the uh movie and he's like he's like the only person that really knows everything about the eternals you know yeah. um and we have to talk quickly about Kit Harrington, who plays Dane Whitman. Um, he also is part of this love triangle with, uh, you know, Cersei and, and uh, Icarus. I liked, <laughs> I liked the explanation that Sprite gave him about the ex-boyfriend. Um, you know, they broke up a century ago and he can fly. And then Cersei's like, oh, he's a pilot, you know. And right. when we do see this meeting yeah, of this brothers... I nearly lost my shit when I saw this because I'm like, oh my god, it's the Stark brothers. They're together again. And, and I, I love how they they gave us this moment, like 
15 minutes into the movie. Like I love the way the movie starts. It started off strong yeah. to get to oh, these okay. two actors because they weren't even together that much in Game of Thrones. Like they were no, only they in a few yeah. scenes together before they were separated. So yeah, I thought it was great to have them back together. And uh, you know, there's another Game of Thrones connection with the movie. In addition to Cersei being a character name, uh, mm-hmm. the composer was the same composer for Game of Thrones. Uh, Ramin yeah. Wadi. Ramin Dawaji. Yeah, yeah. Ramin Dawaji. Well, he yes. did the music for the movie, and he Brilliant. did the music course for Game of Thrones. So, I love the GOT connection. Yep. <laughs> for sure for sure um you know it was a very very short scene that was shared here but it was like oh i'm so glad that they they did that right um yep. you know it doesn't it wasn't as you know brotherly obviously as it was in game of thrones but that's cool it's fine it is what it is um george happy about this scene i i, I don't know what game of thrones is oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow no shade so much shade all right. Um, Ershim. Ershim is a celestial. He's like the head celestial. He's the one who made these Eternals as well as the Deviants. And um, kind of quickly going into the explanation of the emergence, it's like their whole purpose is to bring out new celestials every billion years. It means the destruction of planets because they have to grow within the planets. Once you reach the exact population of intelligent life on the planet then that's when the celestials are born and without the celestials apparently the world the universe would fall into darkness so that's we'll find out we'll find out exactly and with thanos's plan if half the population is gone this that celestial won't be born for a long time so yeah right yeah. yeah And 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 Sal Salma Hayek, uh, Ajak character Ajak makes that known in in the movie when she's talking to Icarus when he visits her in in South Dakota. She's like with with Thanos, you know that delayed the emergence, and she was cool with that, obviously, because she's like over this whole mission, right? And she's like, maybe there's a way that we can just you know not have the celestial be born at this point. And Icarus is like, "Mm -mm, no, not about that life. Um, Let's go ahead and kill you. But going back to the emergence, um, basically, uh, Arishim created the Eternals as well as the Deviants, but he created the Deviants first, which they were basically doing the same purpose as the Eternals. But because there was a flaw, quote unquote, in their design, they became predators themselves, started eating the (laughs) intelligent life. And then thus the Eternals were formed, created Mm -hmm. to take out the Deviants. Um, and what we learn is that the deviants are, um, let me see if I can get a picture of the deviants up here on the screen. Uh, what we learned about the deviants is that they apparently were under, under like ice or something like that. A- am I right in saying that? And in Alaska yeah, somewhere yeah, and they started there. popping up like daisies. So, um, and that's unfortunately where Ajax died. But the main deviant that we do see here um, is named Crow, K-R-O, not sure how to pronounce it. Um, He's the ever-evolving deviant, killing the Eternals, sucking up their powers, and slowly becoming an intelligent being. Um, He's played by Bill Skarsgård, which is legendary because, as we know, uh, Stellan Skarsgård is also in the MCU as Dr. Eric Selvig. There's like 25 Skarsgårds in Hollywood. They're really are it's so crazy um so yes uh what did we think about the deviants in general y'all like were they worthy villains to even be considered in this movie or no i mean i I didn't even see them as villains honestly like what what were they gonna do if they took over everything like they were gonna die anyway so i mean or well the the deviants by killing the intelligent life it was preventing the celestial from growing and getting to the point of being able to be born so in a way that's kind of villainous bad i don't know if you can i mean it, it, it would have been but... too late for them like you know what i mean it would have been too late yeah. for them like to try and stop these plans like so i, I didn't really see the point mm-hmm. of having them like i know you had to introduce them and know they were there but i i didn't really see them as a threat mm-hmm. i was just like oh okay whatever Right. Yeah, I mean they're they're so weak that that's the reason why you had to have Icarus turn evil because he was a better yeah. bad guy 
Exactly. Yeah, he's a better yeah. villain. So, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, so I think that might actually conclude all of the characters and mm -hmm. thus talking, you know, about some of the other things that was going on. Um, I want to have some. Can we go to the mid credit real quick? Let's go to the mid credit scene. Let's go to the mid credit. The gentleman yeah. says mid credit. All right. Um, here we go. Oh, Why? Charles. Why? Like, oh, okay. I... So I watched this episode, this episode, just kidding. I watched this movie last night. And when I got to this scene, I immediately texted Justin and I'm like, Harry fucking Styles is in this movie. Yeah. And he's like, so bizarre. Yep. So, so bizarre. No, 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 no. What was more bizarre is seeing the freaking Pip character, horrible CGI, in my opinion, the troll. I've never seen a troll look like that. And I don't have a picture of him on screen, sorry. But I've never seen a troll look like that. He was almost like like a elf short person type. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah, know. I thought he was an elf. I didn't I didn't think he was a troll. Yeah. Maybe he was. I don't know. And 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 Pip is voiced by uh, Peyton Oswald, which I mean, yeah, Pat yeah. uh, Oswald. Sorry, um, I, I just think it's so funny that they got him incorporated into this as well. But the drunk introduction of Harry Styles, who whose name is uh, Eros, Eros, right. Eros. He's the, he's the prince of Titan, which, as we know, Titan is the home planet to Thanos. Right. This is Thanos's brother. Hmm. Where were you when your brother was wreaking havoc on the universe? Like, why? I, I need that to be explained in the coming movies. Yeah. But more importantly, why do we need Harry Styles? Yeah. And our good friend DJ, uh, Donika, she loves Harry Styles. She even named her her little Yorkie after mm -hmm. Harry Styles. So I'm sure she'd be all over this. And it's like, yes. Yes, MCU. Yes, for giving us Harry Styles as a a celestial or a, 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 I don't know what he even is if he's a celestial or not. But anyway, um, no, he, he says he's a he's an eternal. Oh, he's an eternal. Yeah. Okay, that's right. He did say that. Yeah, because yeah. he comes out of like this portal type thing, and it looks like he's got like some kind of sphere in his hand. Mm. You know, saying he knows where to find the. Eternals that were kidnapped by Arishim because they have to pay for the fact that they, you know, you know, uh, derailed his plan to have this celestial be born. So he's like coming to the other Eternals who left on the ship. And he's like, yeah, I know where to find them. And you're basically going to need my help. So okay. um, I'm guessing we're going to get an Eternals too. Um, if not, they're going to be featured in some other uh, Marvel movie, which we'll get to um, going straight into let's, the post credit scene. Yeah, let's do the post credit because I think that's where we're going to see the Eternals come I, back. I don't think we're going to see an Eternals direct sequel. I think we're going to see some of the characters return in other movies. Yeah. And uh, let's just get to the post credit scene because you have uh, Kit Harrington's character, Dane Whitman. He is mm -hmm. opening this box that has his ancestral family sword. Mm -hmm. And as he's opening the sword, he hears a voice that says, I don't think you're ready for that, Mr. Whitman. Are you sure you're ready for that? That George, voice, though. Yeah, do you know who that is? Who's the voice, yes. George? It's the guy from What If? The the guy from Westworld? I don't know the character's name. The Watcher. No, no, no. Do you know, you know who that character's nope. supposed to be? Who? It's supposed to be Blade. No fucking way. Yeah, no, it is. No. It is. It, it's Blade. It, yeah. No, it's confirmed. It's confirmed. It is Mahershala Ali's Blade. Yeah. Who will be Blade. It sounds like the Watcher, like that guy. Okay. It, it sounds exactly like his voice. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. with you on that. I, I That's not who I said. I thought it was. I for a split second thought it was Nick Fury because I that's what I texted Justin. No. I'm like, is that Nick Fury? And he's like, no. He goes, it's Blade. And I'm like, no fucking way. You know, that is brilliant. You know, because so we Blade, know that. Right. The Blade movie is going to have, uh, obviously, Dane Whitman the black knight he'll become the black knight in the blade movie huh. and i assume somehow the other eternals will be the the remaining eternals who are still alive will be uh in that film also that's just my guess just you know interesting yeah or may, maybe they'll continue as a disney plus series i think, I think this might have worked better <laughs> as a series anyway 
I think so. I think so. Cause that would have given us time to like build on the foundation of these characters and like really get to learn who these characters are and their powers and see how the storyline would have progressed to the point where we see that Arishem like took some of these Eternals and it's like, well, where did he take them? And like, where's, you know, how is Harry Styles character supposed to, you know, be incorporated into this whole thing. But yeah, with Dane Whitman, you know, early on in the movie, we see that he's given his, his uh, ancestral, uh, or sword, what's it called? Yeah. Sigil. No, no, Sigil. It, the ring. Okay. Is, I think it's called Sigil. Um, and crest. The crest. The family crest. Thank you. But it's yeah. I, the ring, I think, is called Sigil. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah, he opens this box that bears that same family crest. And, and he had told Cersei before she disappeared, like, you know, my family ancestry is complicated. You know, it's more complicated than I thought or we, what it doesn't matter. But yeah, he. The Black Blade was also uh, mentioned in the Domo with Athena, you know, uh, wielding Excalibur because it was asked, is that the Black Blade or that kind of thing. So we had like a little nod, a little hint to that in the actual movie. So with this post credit scene, um, this is obviously the introduction to uh, bringing the Black Knight into the MCU, bringing Blade into the fold and... I am super excited about that. When when Justin told me, he's like, no, no, that's that's Mahershala Ali's blade. And I'm like, no fucking way. That's, that's so cool. cool. So yeah, cool. And this is where I wish, uh, sorry, I wish Frank was on the show because he knows way more about this than I do. But I, what I do know about the Black Knight is he's, you know, he's going to wield this sword because it gives him power. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's a trade-off. As he mm-hmm. wields the sword, the sword slowly drives him mad or crazy or something so it's yeah. like there's a balance between how much he can use it how, you know how much he should how much he shouldn't but clearly he's using the sword because he wants to try to find cersei who's taken by erisham at the end of the movie so mm-hmm. the movie definitely points at there being some kind of a sequel i mean even at the end of the movie it says the Etern- it says eternals will return dot 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 so yeah. we're gonna see these characters again i just don't think it's gonna be in a direct sequel because you know, again, like we said, the top, the movie did not do as well as Marvel's usual. You know, the the bar is very high for Marvel, and this one came in below that. So, yeah, um, for sure. I don't. Know, I'm really so, interested to see where this stuff goes, though. For sure. So, before we wrap, final thoughts on Eternals. Now that we've dissected, you know, the characters and like the storyline of that kind of thing, George, your final thoughts on Eternals? A uh, great movie, way better than I expected. I don't know why so many people hated it. But it's way better than some of the other Marvel movies that we've seen. Like, way better than some of them. So uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was a great movie. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, Justin, um, I know we didn't really talk about this, but there are references in DC. Um, yeah. The fact that, you know, some DC references in a Marvel movie was kind of crazy. Like, did that add or did that take away from the value of this movie? No, I enjoyed it. It it definitely made it seem kind of strange though, because there's a reference to Alfred and to Batman. There's a reference, <laughs> obviously, to Superman. Superman. Kent. Yeah. Um, I think there's reasons for that. Like I said, Chloe Zhao, she said that she drew inspiration from Zack Snyder's movies um, when she was making this movie. So you can kind of see that a little bit. I think also there's another reason for this is Marvel. They can talk about D- DC stuff because it doesn't matter. Marvel's so far ahead of them; they're the the market leader. <laughs> But there's another thing that I think is actually this could actually be possible. And this is not going to happen anytime soon. But Nate Moore, who is one of the you know big wigs at Marvel, you, you've seen his names on lots of content. He's I think he's an executive producer for Marvel. He has mentioned like a few months ago, he mentioned that Marvel's had talks about how they would like incorporate DC characters if it ever came to that, because. There was a crossover in the comics in the 90s where Marvel characters fought against DC characters. So it <laughs> it could happen. I, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. That's but I think they're kind of, you know, some of it's tongue in cheek and some of it's also like, hey, we're going to mention these characters every once in a while because who knows down the road whether Disney would buy DC comics or whether there would be some kind of crazy crossover with all these multiverses and everything happening on both sides of these companies. That's yeah. a real possibility, you know, 10 years from now or something. So I think that that's in play, which I think is super interesting. I could, I can't, I mean, the thought of like seeing like Batman versus Captain America or something <laughs> would be crazy. Like, but, uh, oh, but yeah. there's so and many Superman talking. versus 
versus a uh, vision Icarus or the Hulk or, or you know, yeah. Iron Man Iron Man versus Batman would be would be, oh, man. That'd be insane. Um, insane there's so many possibilities with that that I'm interested in seeing I think we all would be so I think yeah. that's part of it too the, the last thing I'll say about the movie is overall I enjoyed the movie I enjoyed all the references I, I enjoyed the Zach Levine jersey that uh fastest kid was wearing I, I wasn't expecting a Bulls jersey to make the movie <laughs> especially like not being a Michael Jordan jersey I was like wow Zach Levine's jersey made the movie that's amazing <laughs> um didn't even notice it but okay <laughs> yeah I I because they said he was in Chicago he saw the Bulls jersey so I thought that was kind of cool mm-hmm. um I thought overall I enjoyed the movie way more than I expected um, again, there were too many characters, and I don't think they were they were super well defined. Besides yeah. Icarus, the movie was a little bit too long. I thought the humor was kind of a mixed bag. I thought Kingo's jokes worked really well. Him and his valet, the the play between them was 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 fine. I love the vibranium table joke where Icarus hits the table and he he thinks it's made of vibranium and it breaks, and then Fastest yeah. is like, no, that's that's IKEA spring collection, fall collection, fall, fall collection, collection, yeah. yeah. Um, but I did think there was, I, th- I thought there was some jokes that didn't hit for me. And I thought the tone of them were kind of strange. Like when Druig takes out uh Sprite after she'd stabbed uh, Circe, it's kind of played as a joke. And I, I'm like, at that point in the movie, that was, there was no time for a joke. That wasn't a time for, a, for, for comedy. And there's another part in the movie where, where Athena kind of makes a joke and her character is totally not a, joking kind of character it just doesn't fit with the tone of the movie so that part of it i didn't really enjoy but all in all i enjoyed this movie i think this movie's better than shang chi like if i had to rank the four movies from 2021 obviously spider-man no way home number one i think black widow is my number two this is my number three and then shang chi oh. is number four so george does not agree but okay no okay what, what are your rankings movie, george real quick this movie was way better than black widow okay <laughs> uh, i like uh, Spider-Man, uh, this one, Shang-Chi, and Black Widow. Black Widow's last for me. Okay. Brittany, mm. rank them real quick. 2021. I might actually have to agree with George on on it. Um, although I might switch out Shang-Chi. Okay, so it'd be No Way Home, Shang-Chi, Eternals, and then Black Widow. Mm. Yeah, okay. that's that's kind of where I'd rank cool. it. But we got to wrap, y'all. I know um, we were going over a little of our time. So real quick, um, I'm just going to mention that, you know, first of all, smash that like button on this live stream. It really helps us out. We'd really appreciate it. Also, we appreciate if you can subscribe and hit that notification bell. That way, you know, when the watchers are doing another live stream, because this is fun to do. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. There at the ticker. You can see down here at the very bottom. And we're also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So be sure to subscribe to us there. Give us a, a great rating if you enjoy this. Um, even if you don't, give us a great rating. Um, so yeah, we're going to come and do some more live streams here on YouTube. I'm really excited for that. And I think that wraps it up, guys. Sweet. Okay. Thank you, Brittany. Appreciate it. So for Brittany, for George, this is Justin saying thank you. We will see you next time. Bye-bye.